0: This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. Go to patreon.com slash Breakaway. You can actually sign up for the year. We're offering that right now. We actually offered it all year, but I haven't really talked about it. But you can sign up for the year. You get 15% off. You get all access to Discord. You get BSBOTs and a bunch of other stuff Greg and I like to do, like Q&As and stuff like that. And you get to support this show, which you listen to for some reason. All right, without further ado, we have Molly Walker on the show today. Actually, a pretty fun episode. The Rangers have been not so good over the weekend, but I feel differently. And I'm sure some of you will disagree. But without further ado, let's get to Mark Messier.
1: Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
0: Break fans welcome to the week of the Bush Breakaway I am your host Ryan Mead of patreon.com where you can support us subscribe for the year get some percentage off do that today uh, and I'll also here with my co-host Greg Kaplan Greg say hello drinking
1: Ryan is just becoming too expensive
0: it's too expensive and I also think the real expense is the toll on your body uh, that I mean yes absolutely uh, I
1: had a <laughs> wedding this weekend and Sunday felt like my body was caving in on itself but that's not really what I'm saying when I turned 33 next week. I'm old as shit. That's a fact. Back back in my younger days, you know, there there's always such a thing as a drunken purchase, right? Like maybe too much food, maybe like an item the of But too much food at 2
0: a.m. though is, a, is essential, especially when you're in your mid-20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th-
1: those, those were the, uh, uh, a different version of Greg. Those were the types of things he was doing when he was drunk. And what did you fine. buy? <laughs> it was great. Uh, wake up on Sunday morning. And I noticed that I now have tickets to opening day at City Field. You bought like this? Doesn't, that doesn't sound good. No, you know what? It, in that moment, Greg was like, oh, drunk Greg, way to go. I mean, I don't need these tickets. I don't know if I can go, but. It's not I'm even grab this. this is a nice purchase. <laughs> not... And then I also saw that I had about 10 text messages. No. I was like, well, how many people do I invite to this game? And it was only two tickets. And every text message is, there's no way you did it. You're an idiot. You can't be serious. And it's th- to that line of questioning. So I'm like, okay, is this like terror related? Did I like also buy a plane ticket? No, no, Ryan. I'm going to the Mets home opener. Yes. With my Uber driver. <laughs> Wait, hold on. His taking... name is Luis. He's apparently a big Met fan. You're taking... He and I apparently hit it off screen. You're taking your
0: Uber driver to the opening day Mets game?
1: <laughs> that is correct. Yes. <laughs> So, Luis from Long Island, get get excited. You and I are going to a Met game uh, that apparently I agreed to do and take care of uh, after this wedding and open bar. Now, the open bar came after the, the Grom news, the Scherzer news, right. and, and the thought of Eric Hosmer being a New York Which
0: fan. we're not – you're not going to get into the full trade package, but that trade was uh, preposterous. But keep going. Pee-pee-poo-poo, I think, is the easiest uh, way to put it. Uh, to, uh, to quote a great man who was the coach of of uh, the New York Rangers, poopy pants.
1: Yes, um, Now, the Hosmer trade when that was called off, we were already down a road that we weren't coming back from. Right? It was too so late I, for you, Gregory. It was too late. But I, I guess the little bit of good news at least put me in better spirits.
0: Yeah, so you and were like, drink a lot and of We're going to the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That is real, real solid shit, right there. bro. I can't do this anymore. Dildos, met games with people I just met. I just. I, I'm I'm, like, I'm supposed to be maturing as I get older. And I guess like 33, my maturity is now, I'm not just making stupid purchases and little purchases. I'm making like, Life experience purchases that maybe I can't
0: afford. I picked up my khakis today for my new job, and uh, they got caught in my spokes, and I flipped over my bike. But I landed on my feet, so that's my whole story. Uh, I'm totally fine. There you go.
1: Are you, are you taking anyone to a Philly game I, on the back of the I am story? not.
0: I, I did look at the Phillies' opening day schedule. It's 3 p.m. on next Friday. I considered going just for fun. Mm. But uh, tickets are too expensive, and I don't care enough about the Phillies at all. Yeah, um, I have
1: I have a company dinner on Thursday during the Mets home opener. No, Greg! And, <laughs> and the Ranger game. No, not the Mets home opener. The Mets season opener. Right. And the Penguins game. So, you know, might Very be needing fun. a job on Friday.
0: Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, let's get to what happened over the weekend because I have I have some thoughts for for the okay. New York Rangers. Um, let's just get this out of the way, and I, I think this maybe you'll agree with me, Greg. This team is good. I don't really care what happened versus the Islanders. They came out like looking, literally looking like shit. Tammy Panarin says, we shit our pants out there. Uh, Gerard Lunt's exact quote was, we were horse shit tonight. Uh, a lot of shit. No doubt about it. And then in the Flyers game, they got New York Rangers. We're a, a backup goalie. Absolutely. Takes over the game in a, at, at Madison Square Garden. How many times do you have to see this story? How many times do you have to watch it? They came back. They got a point out of the game. They probably had no no right getting back into that game. They did. It's what they do all season long. And if you're going to sit here on this Monday Monday afternoon, Monday morning, whatever, Tuesday morning when you're listening to this, where I don't really care when you're listening to it. If you're going to sit there and say, I don't know, this team isn't good enough to make it out of the first round. This season is long, Greg. It is a long, grueling season, especially with the gap from the from the Olympic break and what they had to do for the next, what is it, 19 games in 31 days or some shit like that. That's a lot. And even for Igor Shosturkin, who's carried this team on his back all year long, we've seen Igor have like just these brief moments of lapse of concentration when he plays lesser teams. But guess what? When he plays big-time teams that he knows he's going to see later on, he always shows it off, and he always shows up. So, one, why are we ever worried about Igor Shosturkin, especially right now? And two, how could you dare say to me on April 4th, a New York Ranger team that is fourth in points in the league, that is second in the Metro, that has been heavily competitive and fought back and resilient all year long, is just bad because the Islanders will wax them and they had to fight back against the Flyers? The Tampa Bay Lightning, who are very good, by the way, lost to the Canadiens. It, it happens. All these teams, like Arizona beats teams. They are still NHL players. That doesn't mean those teams are bad. Doesn't mean they're first round outs. I'm still oddly confident that they will do very well against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round. I expect them to get out of the first round. I'm not worried about Igor at all. I just think it's hard to have that killer mindset night in and night out. Even Henrik Lundqvist had those nights. You won't, you don't remember them because it's Henrik Lundqvist and he was fucking amazing the whole time for the most part, but he had nights like Igor had versus the uh, versus the Flyers, versus the Islanders. It happens. But it doesn't mean that this team is bad. Like what are we doing? Why why are we out here even thinking that? How can we even be criticizing? You could be negative. You could criticize the team. You could say certain things and I definitely want to get into the shootout thing because that pissed me off. But this this team is good. I don't know how to tell that every team loses it's totally fine all they're trying to do right now is get to the finish line and get ready for the penguins that's it uh,
1: you said a lot of words i did, you I, did need, I did a gregory, to gregory say, rant i'm sorry you did you did because it can you, your entire point which is accurate and correct can be summarized into one phrase it's every game is not a referendum on the season it's a one game sample size that is potentially enlightening about other things we've seen in other games but it's also just one fucking game it's just one game, It's just one like, game. Like you said, the New York Rangers aren't going to run the table. You, if you're expecting the Rangers to win every night, even against teams they're supposed to beat, you're just going to be disappointed, which is what you are on a day like today. It'd be one thing. It'd be one thing if the Rangers had a spot in the playoffs that was in doubt, right? It's one thing if these points, we looked at them as critical. But I think... In terms of how we view where the Rangers currently stand, I think everyone's pretty certain that the Rangers are going to be second or third in the Metro. And I don't get the vibe that anyone's overly concerned about whether the Rangers have four home games or three against the Pittsburgh
0: Penguins. I, I also see that all the time. Like, hey, I want home ice. Like, dude, does that really matter that much? Like, I know. Yeah, that... and it, and while, while while
1: we are all or not we the collective we the the Ranger Twitter we while people are freaking out about the rangers play the capitals have given up 11 goals in the last 2 games they look atrocious yeah the right islanders
0: now. have a 2% uh, excuse me so I'm got, got choked up thinking about this the islanders have a 2% chance to make the playoffs now because the capitals have been so bad
1: yeah the capitals are capitulating it's really easy to only view the prism of the season through the glasses of your team right and it's fair because I'm not asking people to take this season in as a Dallas Stars fans perspective, right? No, season where they're either unbeatable or unwinnable, and there's no middle ground for the stars. I'm not asking you to look at this game from a Calgary Flames perspective. I'm not asking you to look at this game from an Edmonton Oilers perspective. But when we're looking at a season through the lens of one team, we forget that every team just goes through periods where they're not exactly playing up to their standards when the Rangers beat a team like when the Rangers beat the Penguins five to one feels great but that's probably a bit better than the Rangers will play on any given night and then when the Rangers lose three nothing to the Islanders well that's shit but it's worse than how they're probably going to play on any given night it's it, it, it's the median and the mean of this team is significantly better than what the Rangers played the last two games and I don't think the last two games have necessarily enlightened us to anything outside of the fact that boy Ryan Strom Ryan kind of is important. <laughs> yeah, huh? Ryan Strom, like he's the glue my, of this team. That's my that's honestly my only takeaway. And it's not so much that he's the glue of this team, it's just that once again, the New York Rangers, even with all the great moves that they made at the trade deadline, if Alexei Lafreniere is not allowed to play right wing. This team was once again one injury in the top six away from potentially not being the complete product we think it is. So, if what we saw is, oh boy, Johnny Brzezinski has top, to try six, to play Johnny in the top six like that's top what we six, were doing. Top six, Dryden Hunt, which everybody, I, I don't know. Again, this is not fair to Dryden Hunt when the Rangers ask him to. You, you don't ask a physics major to build a building, right? it's 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 not what dryden hunt is here to i don't know i also don't know if you ask you you might actually ask them to build some yeah so so i I, bad example (laughs) let's go with accountant you don't ask an accountant to build a building right right just gotta get the supplies
0: that's it help it out
1: yeah so dryden hunt continuously asked to do something he can't do the johnny Brodzinski, as much as we like him is now being asked to do something he can't do it's this simple if the rangers they made these trades so that when people are healthy Their top nine, not just their top six, is completely rebuilt and different. But they are literally playing without a line of hockey players that is important to this team. No Kako, no Rooney, no Strome, And it's, you know, when Rooney comes back, I'm not 100% that he's able to get in the lineup. But you take out a complete NHL caliber line of players. And yes, the Rangers brought in Vitrano and cop. That's great. They brought a Vitrano and cop to fill the lineup out when Kaka was out. And all we did was take more players out of the lineup because of injury. And the Rangers looked like shit against teams that, at least with to the Islanders, they, they play a system, right? The Islanders have a structure. The and... Islanders suck the life out of you. And that's what they do with yes. the
0: Rangers. And especially Vilarmov. Oh, my God. Who yeah. absolutely destroys the Rangers and owns them, like totally owns them. And the Flyers
1: the Flyers have something to play for right now because they're pissed off with this Yandel situation, which without having to go too far into it, all I'll say is if the Rangers were in a similar position and they had just signed a free agent who, by the way, was playing like ass all year long. And I had to worry about a games played streak that occurred well before that player ever came to my team. I got news for you. I wouldn't give a shit. If he was benched, and I'd probably be a on this podcast asking him to be benched much sooner than this point in the season because I need to see how my young kids are doing in a transitional period. Keith for it's about Keith Yandel's team.
0: career. It's about the future of your team. You don't own yeah. anything. It's not like you're yeah, a lifelong Keith, flyer.
1: But it's, again, he's been bad all year. Like, it's not like they're taking a good player out of the lineup. Keith Yandel is part of the problem. He's part of the reason why the Flyers are in this position. That's neither here nor there. I enjoyed the Flyer Civil War that was created from it. And I think that's great. But what it also did was it lit a fire under some of the other veterans on the Flyers. And the young kids are playing for something to prove. They're not exactly just the walkover team that they were earlier in the season when they were rudderless and coached by Elaine Vigneault, who I desperately miss because I'm pretty sure they would be winless at this point in the season if he was still there. Um, happened to agree But with it's you. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, boy.
0: Oh, boy. You're dying.
1: Yeah, I'm still feeling it from this wedding. It that makes sense. It was a lot sense.
0: of rum. That makes sense. A lot
1: of rum. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's... You have to take it to the circumstances with what the Rangers went up against, right? The, and also, I but, think this is a point. I, I think, shockingly, now I was drunk. Right. But I believe I saw it on your timeline. Hit me. So I must have been really drunk because I was agreeing with you. That Islander-Ranger game, that was their Stanley Cup. That's that, it. That, that game meant so much to the Islanders. They wanted to shit so badly in this Rangers playoff pool. That they got up for that – flat out, the New York Rangers did not get up for that game. They
0: were But the Ushers did. Yes. It's their their Stanley Cup, Greg. That's what it is. Like, we got up for our games. We knew we wanted to beat the hell out of Tampa Bay, beat the hell out of Pittsburgh. Two teams we could easily see before the Eastern Conference Finals or or, or people we have to pass to get to the Stanley Cup. We have to do that. So the Rangers showed up to both those series and kicked their ass. Cool. That's awesome. They even showed up in the first game versus the Penguins. It was 1-0. They lost, but man, they showed up. The Islander game, a Friday night at MSG. I know it sucks because that's what you want to do after a long week. You want to watch the Rangers beat the Islanders, but the Islanders, that's their game. That was it. They were like, we might not make the playoffs, but we're going to beat the hell out of the Rangers at MSG, and our fans are going to love it, and they did, and kudos to them, but that's we're, we're locked into the playoffs. We're 100%. The Ranger team has nothing to play for. They really don't. You don't want the first seed. I know you're like, hey, what if we win the Metro? I promise you don't want it. Like, <laughs> it's not something you're interested in right now. It's it's you. I don't want to play with any of those teams. I'd rather play the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm ready to roll. That's it.
1: Right, <sighs> and we've we've said this before. And it, listen, I think we said on OT. If, first, if you want to listen to that, you can subscribe to Patreon. Okay, bye. Yeah, and listen, if the Rangers finish first in the Metro, it's not like Ryan and I are necessarily going to like be upset about it. But the reality of the situation is, there's really no situation in which the Rangers overtake whoever finishes first in the Atlantic. So whoever finishes first in the Atlantic is getting the Capitals, which, other, which means whoever finishes first in the Metro is getting either the Maple Leafs or the Bruins. And I got to be honest, I'd rather have the Penguins. It's it's crazy it's to say. It's thing
0: for us to say, but that's where we're at.
1: I understand that I, Greg Kaplan of fucking Westport, Connecticut, via Poughkeepsie, New York, via Savannah, Georgia, via Troy, New York, all the places I fucking lived. I guess I also lived in Cohoes. That was a place too. I understand that I'm saying I would be more comfortable playing Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang, a trio that has won not one but multiple Stanley Cups. I feel more comfortable playing them than I do teams in the fucking Atlantic. It's a true statement. There's only one other team I would want to play, and that's the shitstorm that is Washington, but we can't catch Florida. So what does it matter? I, I'm, I am
0: super comfortable. And listen, the Rangers are playing like they are super comfortable. I literally, right? I literally thought, like, this is a team that doesn't really want to make too many points right now. Like, they could probably catch Carolina if they played their ass off. I'm sure. But you could tell, like, they kind of, and I, I don't want to use a term we used a lot last year, but... They put in some cardio these last couple games. They don't they're not showing up in the first and second and then Gal- Galant is like, "Yo, we got to show up for our fans and for our team." And then they pump it in the third. And that's that's all they've been doing. It's but but in the big games versus Tampa Bay and versus Pittsburgh, they showed up immediately and they played all 60 minutes. But against these other teams that they don't have to beat, watch it. It's just they're kind of going through the motions. They need to get to the playoffs healthy, healthy, and they know that. They're not stupid. Well, this this is something we've talked about because it's been a trend it's been a
1: trend definitely since the trade deadline but it it's kind of been a trend all season long where the New York Rangers they are they can play with anyone on any given night they are good enough to do that however they also play down to their opponents constantly. they they don't take the lower dreg of the league that seriously and we've seen it constantly we've, they, we've seen them struggle against the sabers We've seen them struggle against the Devils. We just saw them struggle against the Islanders and Flyers on consecutive days. This team, if they feel like they have their backs against the wall, they're going to swing, they're going to fight, and they're going to surprise you in certain ways. And we've seen that all year long. But when they're supposed to win, it seems like the team has a, eh, fuck it, we'll get our points, I'm sure we'll be fine mentality. Which, when you're really good... You can afford to do, and I think the Rangers are good, but I don't know how good. So I I'd want I want them to take these games a little bit more seriously, but it's like you said, it's like it this team when it's playing a bad team, a lower division team, it allows that team to do whatever it wants to do in the first two periods. And if the Rangers can hang with them, that's great. And then they're just like, all right, well, that's enough of that shit. Now we're actually gonna play some hockey, and they turn it on in the third period. But this isn't a recent thing. They've kind of been doing
0: it all all year long. Like the whole time. I promise. They've just been fighting back in the game since week one. I was like, what is this team? This team is just like hanging around all the time. They don't ever win games easily ever. And they just hang around and then like score an empty netter. That's all they do. That's all they do. But they win a lot. And like, I can't, they're good. They've found ways to win all season long. It's, it's disgusting. Can we talk about the Heedle? Um, shootout goal or shootout Here's, choice. We can, but I
1: want to start with something. Hit first me first before we're talking to it. I just want everyone. We, everybody unanimously agrees that the shootout is fucking stupid. Everybody. Yep. From, I don't, I don't know a single person I've ever I, encountered who is a big shootout. Guy. We've had
0: great I, shootouts this year as New York Ranger fans that have been fun in the moment, but mostly the shootout is lame period. The shootout. No, not mostly. It, it's fucking lame. It, not
1: not to quote our great friend and former podcast guest, Rick Carpinello, but it it is a skills competition to determine the outcome of a game. And it's wild that we allow this to happen. Everybody agrees that the shootout is stupid. So that's the premise. I want this conversation to start at, because if you agree that something is stupid, who gives a fuck what happens during it? I don't, (laughs) they could have sent up Ryan Reeves and I would have been like, fine, I don't give a fuck. I don't, air this is stupid
0: (laughs) what we are doing i agree with you you know you know you and i have talked about the uh the the premier league standings of points in the the nhl and that's how i like it 3-1-0 3-1-0 3-1-0 i agree i'm sure people complain whatever i don't care
1: or but honestly ryan it's even easier than that five minutes is just fucking arbitrary for overtime just make it endless Sudden death. You can't. Someone has you to can't score. do that
0: because it's too much injury. I understand. Players. Oh shit! It's three on three. Nobody's checking. <laughs> three on three. <laughs> That's fair. I would like it to go ten minutes and then go tie. That's where I would end. I would end. But just to go past that, just because I really want to get this out of the way, anybody who was mad about sending Filipito out, I don't understand. If Filipito scores there, like no one, nobody, not one person was upset that Mika Zabinajad and Panarin missed. Nobody. Not one. Panarin didn't just miss. Panarin fucked up. Whiffed. Like he 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 fucked up. He had a great game by a strong mile. Panarin had a great game, but not one person was like, "Man, I can't believe Panarin missed that." What a what a bust! Like nobody. But people were all flaming Gerard Gallant for sending Heedle out third. Heedle was benched three games by Gerard Gallant. You don't think this is a huge confidence boost that he trusts him in a moment to keep the game alive? Like that is trusting in a kid that is developing and a learning moment. Like, Hey, actually I trust you now. I'm going to put the game in your hands. He didn't score. That doesn't matter. It sends a message to Philip Hedel. Did the Rangers need the two points? No, they don't. They're locked in. That's it. This was a moment for a later takeaway. I, all the people are like you you don't understand, you have the wrong philosophy. You play to win the game. This is a shootout. Like, yeah, you have Adam Fox right there. I get it. People are saying Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider's taking two shootouts his whole life. Like never. It's like does not happen. So I, I'm tr- I'm perfectly fine with the Heedle thing. It made too much sense to me. It was it was Gerard Galant saying, "Hey, I believe in you now, and I, I'm, we're all together. I totally get it. Everything's better. I like the way you're playing, and I'm rewarding you for what you've done to get back to my good graces with this shot. That's it. Why is that so hard to understand? Again,
1: we and all shootout. agree that shootouts yes. are fucking stupid. stupid. That. To me, the fact that anybody has worked up over a decision that happened and something you already think is stupid blows my mind. I don't understand why you are using your energy in that way. He could have, he could have sent up Brzezinski, gone to the press conference afterwards, and been like, this is the only man in the organization that wears a C, and I wanted my captain taking that third shot with the game on line. And I would have said, cool, great, I don't care, I care less now than the moment before I even imagined this situation fucking happening. Who cares? But to your point, every game so far this year, the Rangers have gone to a shootout. Gallant has used the third spot as the confidence boost spot. He did it with Laff. Yep. He did it with Fox. He did it with Kreider. He did it with Kako. That third spot, Gallant has two guys he wants shooting, Mika and Panarin. The third spot, he's like, I don't know. We're going to try something tonight. Yeah, guy, and we're going to see if it here's works. Here's a guy
0: that's been down on their luck. Maybe this changes everything for them. There you go. Yeah, that's it. I just, but again, I do not care.
1: It just The shootout is so fucking dumb. I can't believe people were upset about it. Here's the thing. I don't know. Uh, score in overtime so you don't have to get to that situation? Yeah. Like, It's not that hard of also, concept. Also, here's a ridiculous statement that people would get angry at me about. Why aren't we angry at Igor Shesterkin allowing the Flyers' first shootout goal of the year
0: to Kevin Hayes? They were
1: 0 for the year. Yeah, to Kevin Hayes, 0 course. for the year. Former Ranger. But again, no, you can't blame me. I understand. It's only Galanty Heedle. Like, we're, we're... You, you hear how stupid it sounds coming out of my mouth, blaming <laughs> Igor Shesterkin for something that dumb? That's the point. It's all stupid. It's a stupid fucking skills competition at the end of an actual hockey game, and I hate that we have to talk about it. And think that it fucking means anything. Just win it overtime. Don't allow this to happen. And then to get angry about it, I don't care. Literally, send up anybody. Send up fucking Igor. Find a way to make that legal,
0: and I'll be, I'll be thrilled. All right. Um, let's do just a couple quick five star questions. We'll make them short, and then we'll get to Molly in a couple minutes here. Uh, this is from Chris from Florida. I'm not worried about Igor and his recent stats. Do you think he's in danger of losing the Vesna? I do not. No. I do not at all.
1: He's only in danger of losing the heart. And even then, I still think he's doing enough.
0: I think he's got a chance still, but he's really going to have to turn it on. Because I think the Matthews has kind of got it locked up at this point. But it's going to be if,
1: close. You know, it's funny. If Matthews wasn't a Leaf, this wouldn't even be a discussion. I agree if with you. it would you. be an agreement, that it's Igor. I
0: agree. Um, but it, he is a Leaf, and he's going to win. Uh, yeah, well,
1: that's what happens when 75% of hockey media is from Toronto. Uh,
0: more than that, probably. But this is from Brian uh, Auti. I'm sorry, Brian. If you're that's not your last name. How short is Braden's leash going to the playoffs? I would say ex- extremely short Extremely short.
1: I mean, is it though? Justin Braun hasn't exact it's been two games, so it's not like me saying Justin Braun hasn't exactly proven himself yet as a New York Ranger. That it's true because he's only had 120 minutes of opportunity to do so at the same time. I think it's I think Gallant is looking for more reasons to keep Schneider in the lineup than take him out. So I think the leash is it's longer than we assume it is.
0: I hope it is. I like Braden Schneider a lot. I think he's done a great job, especially how young he is in the NHL. I just I feel like Braun's here for a reason, and, and it's the backup. If if Schneider struggles two games, it's over for him. That's it.
1: Listen, I'm happy Braun is here because again, the Makes thing sense. we didn't talk enough about at the deadline was the New York Rangers needed a Lieber Hayek buffer, and they got one, which is great. Um, but I'm also of the mindset, like, listen, you need to give your young kids. In order for kids to gain playoff experience, they have to play in the playoffs, right? And while I hope the Rangers go on some miracle run, and while I'm confident they could win one playoff series, say they can't, I'd rather lose playing a kid that needs this experience versus the 36-year-old who's been here, done that.
0: I'm with you on that. Uh, I, I'm actually going to save one of these for Molly because I think it's good. It's why is Artemi up and the same line as Johnny Brodzinski. That's fun. I'm going to save that for Molly. Uh so that's really uh, Here videos. she comes. All right. So uh, let's uh, go over to Molly right now. Transition. <laughs> hey, we're back with our only guest of the day. We have Molly Walker of the New York Post. Molly, welcome back
2: thanks so much for having me it's oh, been way too long
0: an absolute <laughs> pleasure returning to uh, we, we did try and have you earlier just gonna throw it out there
2: no yeah you're, you're you're right i my <laughs> schedule i have been on every plane in the tri-state area
0: it feels like what are you season, working so. bullshit right.
2: <laughs> yeah right
0: <laughs> uh speaking of working let's talk about friday night was the ranger islander game the most boring game of the season your thoughts
2: Yes, in short. And it's funny because when I tweeted about it being boring, the amount of Islander fans who just were like, I thought more people would pick up on the fact that I was using the word boring because I know it triggers Islander fans so much. (laughs) But if you read my story, you'll know that yes, even in a boring game the Islanders thrive in such situations. Like the Islanders got the Rangers to play the only type of way that the Islanders could win in that sort of game. You know,
0: <laughs> that's it. Uh, that's the way the Islanders always play the Rangers where it's like, Hey, let's make this the most boring game possible. And we're going to suck the life out of the arena. And it's going to be a miserable time for everybody except Islander fans and us. And that's exactly what they yeah. did. And that game was over pretty much from the start. So
2: yeah, but you know what produced an a one post game, my guys, just an a one Twitter quote like fury the New York of a post Pee-Pants. game. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, headlines were endless. And it was so funny after, um, after Panarin and Mika walked out of the, out of the press room, the other writers were like, oh, so we'll see in the New York post horseshit headline, you know, because we're the only paper that can actually print the words. I'm pretty sure. So everyone was like, we'll, we'll see it in, in ink tomorrow in the New York post for sure. But I mean, that's, you know, we, we appreciate that. Definitely makes it for endless content <laughs> there
0: doesn't care He's just having a great time
1: yeah. uh do you think do you think it was just like the post game uh wrap up from gallant before he got to the media was just well that shit sucked and then left the yeah. locker room said that and everyone was like hey what's your reaction to the game and everyone's looking at their cue card and they're looking at what gallant said post game and like all right well i guess we're just sticking with this we're gonna go with shit
2: <laughs> yeah no it was you know, I asked him the first question, and you know he comp because I I said it was something about the Islanders' style of play, and you know that's just what they can do to you. And he was like, "Yeah, the Islanders play great. We were horseshit." And I just, <laughs> was like, in that moment, you know, i try, I really, I wasn't expecting it, and I was trying really hard not to laugh. And then when Panarin came out and his interpreter tried to clean up his translation and said, dirtied our pants, the same thing. I really was like, wow, I'm about to burst out laughing right now. If they don't get out of this room. uh, Because I just got like the giggles.
1: (laughs) Were were those quotes better than, um, I believe, was it the Mika five goal game where Quinn just walks up to the podium afterwards and goes, well, that happened. So that happened. And then just didn't add anything else to it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) No, honestly, because of the expletives, it it was just even better. It was even better. And Panarin's, you know, uh, Vince said to me, I don't want to take away Vince's uh, content, but he said he walked up to the interpreter afterward and was like, you know, I just want to double check. What the real translation is, and apparently, the real Russian translation is deposited in our pants.
0: <laughs> we made a deposit, <laughs> so
2: that we're all in the we're all cracking up about that as well <laughs> because of the real translation. The oh,
0: uh, I too love funny. it. I love it. Um, we talked about earlier on the show before you came on how we still think this team is actually quite good despite the two losses. Yes. Uh, I, no
2: panic button,
0: I couldn't be less panicked. Um, let's talk a little yeah. bit about some of the acquisitions, uh, Andrew Kopp, obviously, Frank the Tank. Uh, Mr. Hold on, hold on, hold on,
1: hold on. If we're talking acquisitions, let's do this properly. Molly, Bobby Trevino, <laughs> oh, let's start yeah. this off right.
0: Fine. Thank you, Greg. Greg,
2: thank you. Thank Greg, you great for the the respect.
1: Yeah, thank you. I, I understand who we have here. I understand the Minuteman legacy. And I would yes. like you to now enlighten us, Ranger fans, what we can expect from uh, the little man with big shoes.
2: Yes, Bobby Trevino. I mean... There's really not much to say except for he really in the eyes of the UMass hockey program is right up there next to a guy named Kale McCarr, which is a pretty lofty comparison, you know, to have a a Calder Trophy winner like Kale McCarr, who's now chasing a Norris Trophy. But Bobby is a he's a workhorse, you know, heart of the lineup kind of kid and just an absolute pest. And he was I covered him his freshman year. Um, so I haven't seen him play up close since then. So I'm sure he's made a lot of improvements in in his game. And and I talked to coach Greg Carville about it too. So he's definitely made the necessary advancements in his game to translate at the NHL level. And we all know Carvel is not afraid to say whether he thinks a game is going to translate to the NHL. He, he's basically said Zach Jones needed another year, which might not have been far off. Um, As we've seen uh, in his first couple games in the NHL. But Bobby uh, is, you know, he'll start in Hartford, but he really could make an impression on management. And I think that especially with the Rangers cap situation, it would be ideal for him to be uh, a little bit, you know, on a fast track, I guess. Um, and potentially, you know, give them some depth up front. But I, I, the one thing I think you need to know about Bobby is when they went to – when the UMass went to the national championship his freshman year, my senior year, um, and they got blown out in the championship game, Bobby was suspended actually from the game before that on a play that <laughs> didn't even get called. It wasn't even a penalty. It was like a blindside for UMass. And I remember talking to – coach Carville recently about it and he was like everybody in that locker room knew how big of a loss it was and he was like not everybody knew how bad of a loss it was and you know he he said by no means did he think that they were were to win that game because they did get blown out but he he said he would have made a difference and I said to I said to coach Carville I said us over at the Daily Collegian the student newspaper knew how big of a loss it was because he really is just one of those guys that makes the team click and, and is just a gel guy too. So I think Rangers fans should be really excited about him for sure.
0: Can we talk a little bit about what he's actually going to bring to the Rangers? Obviously he's a very tall yeah. at, at five, eight here. Um, the, the Rangers <laughs> are used to a short player named Matt Zuccarello who is still performing right. quite, quite well in the league. We're not expecting Matt Zuccarello out of Bobby. That's a, that's impossible shoes to fill there. Right. But, very big shoes. Uh, but he could project as a fourth line, possibly a middle six player, Who knows? Uh, So give me, give me a little bit of what his game is going to bring to the Rangers.
2: I definitely think bottom. When I, when I think of Bobby Trevino, I just think bottom six pest, you know, he's a guy that's going to frustrate your opponents to all. Holy hell. Like he is going to be in their faces, get a stick in every lane, smother them along the boards, just a real hardworking kind of player. But as far as his size, Carvel said that he's made up for it a lot with his skating. The way that he's able to maneuver on the ice kind of makes up for, you know, the lack of size and not being able to be as physical. So he's able to kind of get to the dirty areas of the ice because you almost like lose track of him because he's pretty fast and he's got decent skating abil- ability. So I think that that'll really translate to the NHL for him. But his big ass asset is just being – a pest and uh, you know annoying opponents and getting under their skin and you know just someone that you you would like to have on your team rather than going
1: up against for sure a big headline from blue breakaway this weekend bobby no <laughs> big S, no problem totally 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 checks every box that i need to hear from i
2: hope they i hope they cut that because
1: <laughs> oh no no, no, ask no i, that, th- ask I, that. that's I, I, I think i think ryan found the 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 headline for the the episode this week. It'll definitely
2: but, get you clicks, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> let's uh let's out. also the the original thing Ryan was trying to ask before he understood who the hell we were talking to. Um, <laughs> we have said fairly rosy and complimentary things of Chris Jury on this podcast since the trade deadline. In your view, could the trade deadline have gone better for the Rangers or do you think they didn't do enough?
2: You know, I think that they I, I think that they did enough to give themselves a fair shot come, for, come the first round. I think that, I, I don't think that Drury was willing to, you know, upend the prospect covered and, you know, he he did kind of clear out the top picks for the next two years, but he kind of got almost one for one, obviously, except for Winnipeg. Uh, with uh, Andrew Kopp. He gave up Morgan Barron there, but still, still hanging on to guys like Vitalia Krasov, Nils Lundqvist, you know, for for potentially bigger moves, more concrete idea moves down the line in a, in a potentially better market. So I think that Drury jury really did do a, a really nice job at the deadline, I think, um, just in terms of now giving the Rangers a chance to really compete in the first, first and second rounds. Are they built to go... The distance to the cup? No, I don't, I don't think so. Not yet. Um, but I think that had they not have made the acquisitions that they did at the deadline, they were one bad one more bad injury away from really just being a very thin team, both on defense and and up front, I think. So I I do think that they were good options uh that he brought in and potentially if the financial situation works out, you know, maybe they could hold on to one. If, one. if being <laughs> one, one yeah, literally being either Frank Vitrata or Andrew Kopp, probably. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. Mott's gone. I, mean, I love Mott so far, but let's talk about those guys in oh, general yeah. with the, when it comes to chemistry. Cause it it seems like right away, they were all producing at high levels for New York Rangers. It seems like they've been Rangers all year long. And is this right. just because they're best friends with Jacob Truba and he recruited them or why is that happening?
2: <laughs> yeah, honestly? Yes, though. And I think that that's something that we've touched on a little bit Um on our podcast is just how unique the locker room dynamic was beforehand. They've got that core, you know, the core five, six guy alternate captains that they have that have been together for a really long time. Of course, aside from Barkley Goodrow, but, um, (laughs) but they have that core group and they have guys that have been together for a while now and they have great camaraderie bringing in a guy like Ryan Reeves has really bolstered the locker room. chemistry as well um, and it's a it's a very unique thing that they going on which i think does stem down from coach galant as well just his positive attitude and and look ahead kind of mentality um as opposed to uh, you know under david quinn i think that they overanalyzed themselves and were in their heads a little bit too much but i think that those guys being friends with truba and and, and each other from michigan the u.s national development program i, I think it only strengthen the locker room dynamic, honestly. It's more guys that everybody's familiar with, truly. And it didn't change the dynamic at all, which I think was probably just an added bonus for what Drury uh, wanted to do. But uh, I also think it was a, a strategic plan, for sure.
1: Molly, that, that leads me to a question that I I think we probably would have ended up asking you at some point this offseason. But it <laughs> there's been a very clear missing piece for the New York Rangers the last couple of games and it's a piece that the Rangers for whatever reason have always probably been a little too insecure with and it's Ryan Strom. And yeah. is just how impactful is Strom's absence from this lineup? I is he certainly isn't the only reason the Rangers have only gotten one of the last four points, but are we once again being reminded that this upcoming summer and Ryan Strom's future contract negotiation, it's a bigger deal than we are all letting it on to be.
2: You know, it's a very, very precarious situation. That's for sure. It, it's, it really is going to come down to one decision or another, which I mean, this sounds stupid, but is he going to be a Ranger or is he not? And I think that, you know, at the beginning of the season, it really was apparent that maybe the Rangers won't be able to find somebody better than Ryan Strome to compliment our Temmy Panarin and you know I definitely think that Strom's absence has had something to do with them looking off especially on the power play. I think the power play has just not been clicking the same I think they need those guys that they have on that top unit like to be all together in order to have the same i mean we've seen it the second unit barely even touches the ice like that top unit is lethal so i think taking Strom out of there has definitely disrupted it a little bit as of late but in terms of playing next to artemi panarin i think that it this Stretch here has almost had the opposite effect for Strom in the sense that Andrew Copp has not looked that bad next to Artemiemi Vanen at all. If anything, you know, he's been able to produce the same amount as at Strom has, and he's been able to finish our timmy Panarin's feeds and, and they've had some pretty nice chemistry really early on. I think Andrew Kopp is a hell of a player. Um, but I don't think that the Rangers are going to be able to afford either of them to, to be quite honest with you. It's going to come down to someone taking a team friendly deal, which might not be an option. I feel like the longer that this thing drop drags out with Strom, the worse it looks truly. I, uh, I did expect something to be done at this point. Um, I believe Larry r- described it in his latest article as difficult, the contract negotiations, which is not an encouraging sign at all, but I really think it could go either way. Yes, Strom and Panarin have really great chemistry. They've played together for so long. He's an alternate captain. He's a leader on this team. A lot of intangibles that you can't buy. That being said, you put Artemi Panarin next to anybody and he's going to elevate their game. Honestly, it really, it really doesn't matter. He really just, he does that to whoever's playing next to him. So I, I think it'll be really interesting to see how it unfolds with Strom.
0: Here's my challenge. Uh, you said put anybody next to Artemi Panarin. Well, Galant said challenge you. Uh, <laughs> he put Johnny Brodzinski next to him and said, yeah. here you go. <laughs> Let's try and make this work. <laughs> Uh, that dude. No,
2: really. you know, yeah, no, it <laughs> you know, it it's not it, but even still it wasn't that bad. It really cause it, it, he just he always elevates whoever's playing next to him, truly. I wrote about it today with Andrew Cobb. They've looked really nice next to each other, honestly. And and uh I, I use the, the phrase bread might need to get used to a new spread, the bread and butter wow. line, Look maybe uh post. I know. It might be it might be on an expiration date right now, which is which is pretty sad, but we'll see. I think what what
1: what, what? what would we call cop then? Margarine?
2: No, you know, I was thinking about giving in one, but I was like, no, it's too early. It's way too early. we once he's actually, you know, playing next to him for a longer stretch of time, then maybe we could come up with something.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> you 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 did say something interesting that I do wanna I wanna pick at the scab a little bit. You yes. you don't think cop would be within the Rangers budget if it was if Strom is too expensive, you think cop will also be too expensive?
2: I do. I I think that especially. I think both Cop and Strom are one tremendous playoff showing away from pricing out the Rangers. I really do. I think if Cop comes out there, I mean, hey, look at his numbers already since he joined the Rangers. He's. I think he's had like one or two games where he hasn't had a point. Um, if if he comes out and lights it up in the playoffs, his his price is going up even more. Um, same with Ryan Strom. If he, if he plays his way, uh, into an even bigger contract than he already was going to get, uh, with a, with a really good playoff showing. So
0: future Seattle we'll see. Great. Both of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is a really weird situation because the Rangers have no money over the next couple of years. It's something we're going to talk yeah. about a lot this offseason. No shock there. Um, and I, they, my big theory is that they have to go find, and this sounds pretty easy to do. So I don't know why they just don't do it. They have to go find the next, let me write this down. The next Mika Zabinajad. Okay. So (laughs) 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 $5.5 million over five years. Very interesting. Um, so that's what they're going to have to try and find. And I, I I think you might be right. It might not be both of them, but I thought cop would come in at a definitely a lower price than what Ryan Strom is going to demand right now
2: yeah maybe i mean it it also depends on you know how he sees himself fitting in the organization i think that if strom isn't part of the picture anymore it would be more enticing to cop because I think, I think cop was the one that uh Gallant was talking about how he's excited for more minutes and, you know, just to have a bigger role. Um, so I think that would be more enticing to cop knowing if he was going to be the second line center. Um, so I think it just depends on, on where the chips fall. Truly.
0: Molly we'll I'm say- to ask you a personal question that goes right to the New York Rangers. Are you tired from traveling? <laughs>
2: Oh, my God! Tired is an understatement. <laughs> I, like i I really never thought like I thought that you know, when people talk about travel like a lot, they're like, "Oh, sometimes I wake up and I don't know where I am. It is one thousand percent true. Like it is re- a thing. I have I woken up in cities before it, like you know, especially in the last four city road trip, we had three seven am flights. so that's three. 5 a.m. wake-up calls every other day. I was not even a human being. And When I when I go to sleep at night and I wake up the next morning, I truly had to think to myself, what city am I in? <laughs> but, hey, I've seen more places in the last six months than I have in my entire 25 years of existence. So, so I think I it's fair complain. to say
0: for the New York Rangers, after they started doing this in October, along with you, by the way, <laughs> um, that not every single night they're going to bring their A-game against teams that also haven't maybe traveled recently or, or have been yes. a little bit more comfortable. Can you at least explain to people out there that may not might not understand that it's hard to bring your top, 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 top game every single day, even if you are, say, someone like Igor Shosturkin, who's having one of yes. the best goalie seasons of all time?
2: 1,000%. I think that if i am tired just sitting on my ass typing keys on a computer doing all the traveling imagine what they feel like playing a competitive sport for for 60 minutes every night you know it's it's exhausting it really is and and i was talking about it with larry i I think adam fox in particular looks exhausted and who who wouldn't be with his workload, with his all situation play with his 22 to 25 minutes a night I mean that is exhausting plus the burden and, and the expectations of being a Norris trophy winner. I mean I mean also so many of these kids haven't played in a full 82 game season with all the you know what is it, like things like that come with traveling I
0: think it's like seven of
2: them Yeah it really like he's really. Has. Exactly. Or at least haven't, even if, even guys like Chris Kreider haven't done it in three years, you know, you fall out of that kind of shape. It's hard to get back into that grind. It's a lot. It really is a lot. And this Rangers season was very, very front loaded, which I was very grateful for. We got all of the Canada trips out of the way when it wasn't negative 10 degrees out. So that was a bonus. But it, it it was a very very tough travel schedule in the beginning and they still had as great of a record as they did which was a huge feat you know that's something that cannot be overlooked is how well they played during that stretch i think that they're starting to hit a little bit of a wall here i think they're exhausted and that islander game was just encompassed what the islanders can do to you and plus with the rangers being a little bit tired it was a recipe for disaster of course it was not going to be a good game so I, i think that that's definitely an underrated part about it that that people aren't taking into consideration especially the fact that so many of them this is their first even if it is their second or third year in the league this is their first full 82 game season with a normal travel schedule, and it's a lot.
0: I just love that people like go to their normal day job, whatever they do, and they, they're pretending about these hockey players. Like, no, I bring it 100% every day at my job. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. I know who you are. You follow me on Twitter. You do not bring it 100% every day. You take days off.
1: Uh, but Molly, it's my, it's impossible. This, this conversation leads me down a path that Ryan and I have discussed before, but I don't think we've discussed with you. Do you think? will ever get to a point in the national hockey league where it becomes a little bit closer to the NBA and we get some strategic benching this time of year.
2: I definitely think it could.
1: Yeah. Like at we the three of us all agree. Adam Fox looks tired. Very
2: load managing. Why can't, why can't he
1: just take a day off? Why can't I give him a week off?
2: 100%. I think that, I think that we've seen it a little bit with maintenance days. Um, for practice at the the very least but I don't think it's that crazy of a concept especially in the last what five six games when you're clinched especially once you're clinched I mean I I would guess for the Rangers you know they're battling for second place but I I mean I know I was talking about this with Larry last night Larry said that he he thought that that it might be beneficial for them to start on the road just like to get them in into it quicker. And if they win one of two, they're in a pretty good shape. But I was saying that, that winning home ice advantage might be good for the mental aspect, you know, get some confidence wise and, 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 you know, starting at home, but, in reality, the Rangers have played just as well on the road this season as they have at home. I, d- I really don't think it matters at all. But I really to your point, I don't think that that's a crazy concept at all. I think I think more than anything, Adam Fox deserves a night off. Just deserves a game in street clothes in the press box because. My man looks tired. He he really does. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him at he's all. He's still
0: magical. He still has all the moments where like, oh, I am actually Adam Fox. So I just actually turned this on. Wow. That's crazy. I'm really Yeah,
2: scared. but he's made plays, especially as of late, that he, you know, sort of never turnovers makes. that, yeah, that he was never making. And I think that's just a glaring sign of, of exhaustion, truly. I think that he's been a little overworked. And and we ta- we've asked Galant about it. We've, you know, said, do you, you know, keep it in the back of your mind that you don't want to overwork your number one defenseman and and in a way you know galen always likes to say like oh they're they're professionals they're used to it or whatever but you know he did admit that it was in the back of his mind and and fox did talk about you know doing the right things off the ice to make sure that he's that he's staying in shape and and you know putting himself in, a, in a, his body in a, in a place to succeed but you know I, I think it definitely would be beneficial to to give a couple of those guys a break. You know, Truba, Panarin, you know, also just because you don't wanna risk it going into the playoffs. You want everybody to be as fresh as humanly possible.
1: Well, this team-
0: it? oh, sorry, Greg, go ahead.
1: <laughs> I just I, a very important question I need to ask Ryan before yeah. you ask guys. Was it inhumane of the National Hockey League to make the Rangers play on the day the Mets announced DeGrom's injury?
2: <laughs> Maybe in your book, Greg.
1: <laughs> I'm just they played like I was feeling. That's all I'm going to say to that
2: one. Uh, Honestly, I think that just comes with being a Mets fan.
0: Very does. It's a constant, it's a constant feeling. <laughs> um over until the playoffs starts today. Today is April 4th. As of, as of while we're recording this, I can't speak. Uh, they have 12 more games until April 29th. And then the playoffs start three days later. I, I fully expect, I mean, can you, can you see really like them kind of not even playing anybody against the Capitals, the last game of the season, just calling up most of the Wolf Pack at that point. I'm just like, screw it. Uh,
2: I don't know about calling up the w- players from the Wolf Pack. I think that they have, they, I mean, they've, especially when Kako and Rooney comes back, they're going to have like seven scratches. Like they have a lot of forwards they <laughs> right do. now. They, still do. They have a exactly, they have a very long bench right now, which I think is pretty beneficial and I think that they'd be able to get away with alternating you know almost like how you do in preseason where you where you it's like a healthy you know mix of of lineup staples and then depth guys um I think that they would be able to you know kind of flip-flop it and you know maybe put the first two lines out there for a night and fill the bottom six with you know depth guys and then vice versa um for the next game and kind of give uh certain line combinations a night off um I I definitely think that that because they have so many forwards right now, which I can't remember the last time the Rangers were in that kind of position. I think that they'll, they should use that to their advantage.
1: Totally. Molly with, with Kako's return on the horizon, and now Strom's return on the horizon, is there a scenario where Kako is not seeing top six minutes when he comes back into this lineup and slots into a, almost like a children's third line?
2: <laughs> Honestly, I think, I mean, aside from the last two games, I think if Vetrano can keep showing what he's been showing, you know, why, why, why fix what isn't broken? Um, But if, these last two games are, you know, the the some of the trends that have uh, been in there, which has also been the top line, not really having much of an effect. Um, then I expect uh, a change to be made, and and Kako, uh, will probably slot back into the top six uh, right we, off the bat. Which honestly, Paco I think will Star happen. Aaron?
0: Can we just do it? Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I definitely that think that it'll happen. I think it'll happen no matter what. Just, just because it's Kako and because i think galant does really like caco's style of play um especially with that second line like you said ryan um so i I do think that he'll he'll go back right into the top six but the only i think it's up to vetrano i think that if he you know shows a little bit more of what he did in the first couple of games um it might be difficult to take him off you know, I mean, why again, why fix what isn't broke if, if Petrano keeps going at the rate that he has? Because he's he really, I mean, you asked my mom, diehard fan, she loves Frankie V because he
0: shoots the puck. He's like the <laughs> like only Ranger that is literally the puck. he's the only one.
2: He shoots the puck. So, all the fans that have been complaining for years that the Rangers don't shoot the puck, you cannot say that about Frank Petrano. Frank Petrano shoots. puck and I think that definitely complements top line
1: but Molly if we're if we're at least making mention of not thinking fixing things that aren't broken (laughs) do you think the Rangers will ever get to a point where they ever feel the need to jumble their top four defensemen
2: you know I wrote about this I wrote about this the other day for for an early actually Um, I was talking about how how Galant sees those top two defensive pairs as interchangeable against top opponents when he's doing matchups and such like that. And I wanted to write about it because in my opinion, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. I think Truba and Miller as of late have looked like the top duo. They have just the, the impact that they have on the game has in the last couple of, you know, game stretch here has been a bigger impact than, than Fox and Lindgren, um, which you know tell me if I'm wrong no I think Lindgren has <laughs>
0: been, um lackluster on and off for the last two months yeah
2: yeah I mean Truba really has elevated his game oh, and Deandre I is think a yeah and Miller same thing has <laughs> <That's> just, just <laughs> taken off as well um on both sides of the puck so I think that I think that the fact that they haven't changed I think that that's been beneficial for the for this team because of how many changes they've seen throughout the lineup just in terms of integrating new faces from the beginning of the season and to now at the trade deadline and the scattered injuries that they've had losing sammy Blay for the season it really has been you know that second line the right wing has changed a million times same with the top line the right wing has changed so many times um, I think that having the top two defensive pairs as a constant, the whole season has given the lineup some uniformity. Um, and I think that that's obviously the goal at the end of the day is to be able to have combinations and duos that are together for so long that the chemistry is just, you know, undeniable and that it, it kind of takes over by itself. So, I mean, maybe down the line, depending on if, you know, who they bring in and, you know, uh, because I do think that they, after Braun is gone, they'll need they're they're going to need another, uh, veteran defenseman. They're going to need another guy to put into the mix, and and depending on who that is, you could see the lines change. But I mean, the defensive pair has changed. But right now, and going through the playoffs, I I don't expect that 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 type top four change at all. Well,
1: I think you could make a good argument and a really strong case that. Nobody has benefited more from the defensive pairing's not changing than Keandre Miller because Truba yeah. Truba has been Mr. Reliable almost since day one, and he's yeah. been able to grow and get comfortable with him. But you know, we the three of us have been talking about Adam Fox looking a little lethargic, and yeah. we, I, I don't I don't think it's me discrediting his Ranger to career to say that Ryan Lindgren has left a lot to be desired the yeah. last few weeks. I don't know if he's still. Dinged up. I know he was battling an injury earlier this year. I don't. I don't know what it is, but if there was ever a time to try to mix around with who plays with Adam Fox, it, it to me it seems like now seems like a pretty good time to do it.
2: Who would you? Who would you go to?
0: Carry. I
1: on. I think Keandre has earned the glow up. I would put Keandre uh, next with Fox. To Fox. Hmm. Yeah. I. 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 I understand any trepidation anyone would have with um, breaking up Miller and Truba. Because again, I do think that pairing has worked spectacularly, but I I heard my head coach talk (laughs) about wanting to experiment. And if I can't (laughs) experiment now with my defensive pairs, am I ever going to be able to?
2: (laughs) You know, you're not, you make a fair point. You absolutely do. Um, I do think that I'm going to come back to the uniformity though. And I think that they are very comfortable with their top four pairs. And I think that, What I'm kind of waiting to see is, you know, the Nemeth, Schneider and Braun, all three of them kind of go through like a rotation of both sides. And, you know, I think that's the pair that they should be tinkering with the most so that they could have a strong six going into the playoffs that they're that they think is locked down. Um, Schneider has some rough nights,
0: but mostly he's been the most impressive of the three.
2: Schneider. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, he, he, he is. But I think that from what I've gathered and, and, you know, watching Gallant's coaching decisions and stuff, he, they value experience over everything. So if I had to guess, I think that they're going to want to go Nemeth Braun to start the playoffs um, and then, obviously, if it doesn't work out, then then turn to Schneider. But I think that that they wouldn't have brought in Braun. I mean, he does give he give them gives them a little bit of a safety net. Someone get hurt, um, which is good to have. But I think that well, first of all, you you hope that he sees some time because Drury gave up a 2023 third rounder, which isn't nothing. Um, so it'd be kind of counterproductive if, if he didn't at least, you know, start a couple games in the playoffs to see how it goes.
0: Final question. It's pretty easy one. Uh, this particular player this week says, I don't want to talk about my game. Should I ever be worried about Igor (laughs) Shisirkin a day in my life?
2: No, no. The short answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Literally, there is nothing. (laughs) I mean, the fact that he has just looked a little step below superhuman. I mean, that's really it. That's really all it's come down to. And that's not something to be alarmed about at all. And he's really you could see it in his eyes, especially when he answered that question like that. He's, he's not happy with himself and, and he's definitely a guy that holds himself to very, very high expectations. So, you know, people were responding to my, to my quote of that saying, oh, eager revenge tour, book it. And honestly, yeah, book it. Like (laughs) I would expect nothing less. Guy's a psychopath. Like he's got,
0: he he wants to win so bad. He's so weird and so eccentric. Like most goalies are, but he is, uh, he's another breed. He just is.
2: Yes. Agreed.
1: Uh, Molly, final question for me. Do you agree that the correct way you should board a plane is back to front?
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the only way that it makes sense. Why? Why do we board the front first to back, class people?
1: Yeah, why do we board front to back? Also, also, if you're paying, if you're paying for a first class ticket, why do you want to spend more time on the airplane? Don't you want to <laughs> hang out in the airport for as long as you can before you have to get on board?
2: Oh, it really is. I mean, America, man. Just
0: America. It's, it's, it's one it's of the just, dumbest things out there. It's
2: just how we do things here, I guess. I don't know. Not much to say about that. Wow.
0: Uh, well, I can't thank you enough. Any final closing thoughts, parting, parting shots you want to give your way in, in, a, in a journalism way?
2: Go UMass. Yeah. <laughs> Hell,
1: yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, hey Frank, Frank Martin's UMass, from what I understand.
2: Um. Well, Vitrano is and Braun as well.
1: I was talking about their college basketball coach because that's oh, how I know college yes,
2: yes these days. That, oh yeah. That I mean, guy's
1: that was, a psycho, by the way. Yeah, he was a yeah. psycho when I was like when we were in college.
2: Yeah. Well, Mike Vicaro told me, you know, he's a he went to St. Bonaventure. He's a huge fan. So he was like, oh, like he's he's he assured me that he was really good. But um, quick story before we go, but a couple of years ago, when I think I was a sophomore, the UMass basketball team hired Pat Kelsey out of Winthrop. And it was a big hire for them. It was like one of the the new athletic directors, new hires, along with Greg Car- Carvel, who was going to come in and change the athletic department. He like had won it, went up, whatever. They plastered this hire everywhere. Like my guy's face was on the side of the student union building. He was the cover photo of the Twitter account. Like they were so excited about this hire. And he didn't show up to the press conference. <laughs> apparently, he had met with the team the day before and was like, "Yeah, no, I'm not doing this." And went back to Winthrop and signed a contract to stay for less money to stay at Winthrop. So when they announced Frank Martin as the new basketball coach, the athletic director was like, "He passed his first test. He showed up to the press conference. <laughs>
0: incredible, incredible. That's such a sick move, Molly." Can't. Thank you enough for coming on. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon.
2: Thanks so much for having me again.
0: Okay. And at the end of every show, I want to thank our NHL insiders offer sheet club who support this podcast and keep it going. So without further ado, Adam Cohen, Adam Cattullo, Adam Keach, Alex Gardner, Amber Coensberger, Barbie, Chris, Ben Wars, Ben Weber, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Broadway, Blue Bleeder, Chris Finelli, CJ Stellwagen, Daniel Dayzen, David Narodin, Dennis Deitz, Darian, Eric Stagg, Garrett, Rainus. Give Gartner Gardner, Cup Gretzky, Gareth McFly, Handle Harrison, Haskell, Hip Hop, Hor A eighty nine, or, or Hip Hop eighty nine. Change his name: Ian Rodriguez, Jake Burko, It's Jerry Marquez, J D, Jimmy Mac, John Hardesty, Jordan, Justin Friedman, Justin Starr, Chris from Florida, Laysek Grzakowski, Lucas uh, Luciordana, Lucas K, Matthew Con, The Legend Himself, Max Nielsen, Meatball, The Cat, Mike Bucklaw, Neil Grover, Pascal Perrier, Pavel Kocharev, Randy Tesser, Stephen Lomayer, Stig Bullbox, and of course on the next page, Tommy Welsh. Thomas Clary, all the Tommies, Tom Ertz Jr., Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, Upstate, Van Vinnie, Hay, Will Specter, and Winston, the Golden Retriever. Cannot thank you all enough for supporting this podcast. We have a couple fun podcasts coming up. We're going to plan some stuff for the playoffs as well. We're going to do a live drink up if anybody wants to attend. We're working on that right now. Uh, we might do a live stream, and we're going to have some uh, little fun events. I'm working on. If you want to take a second, also, we're also running a donation fund right now for uh, from Hank to Igor, a fund a fund for alopecia. You can check that out on my. Twitter link there. Uh, really, I said all I wanted to say this episode, which was, this team is good. I don't know what else to tell you. You can play. This is a team that plays against the teams it needs to beat, and honestly, it's coasting towards the end. It's going to be a wild April of games that are just going to be like, how did the Rangers lose this game? And I ask you to be steadfast. Unless the Rangers are getting absolutely shitstormed and blown out every single game and not fighting back and looking lifeless for games on end. That is the only way my mind will be changed. It's a playoff team. They're ready to play. They've beaten the Penguins. They've come, to, they've come to play against great teams, and that's all you can ask them to do. That's it. I mean, we're in for a really interesting offseason. I have no idea what they're going to do with Ryan Strom. No clue. I think he's gone. Personally, I'm going to miss him a lot. I like Ryan Strom, but he is a guy. Uh, and I don't know if cop is the answer either are you comfortable with competent 2C? those are all questions we're gonna have in the off season but for right now i'm going to enjoy the ride to the playoffs and then once the playoff gets here i will not enjoy it as i will be suffering from heart trauma we'll be back later this week probably friday afternoon with bsbot on patreon again if you'd like to subscribe very easy you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash blue breakaway and we cannot thank you enough we try not to have ads on the show um because we like to just go off our community honestly that's a big part of it so love you guys we'll be back on friday love you bye